now on PG Podcast Network, it's time for the year-round carnival with Vince Accardi and your host, Racetrack Rolfie. G'day, thanks so much for checking out our year-round carnival review show each and every Monday with Vince Accardi from Daily Sectionals. G'day, Vince. Good morning, Rolfie. Well, mate, I mean, is, is this heaven? We're, we're on the verge of the spring. We're seeing some good horses run around, and your aviata data comes through this morning, and there's Rose Hill, and it wasn't a bog-heavy track. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they must be clapping hands. Absolutely. We they had Mooney Valley return as well, so we'll have a look at those two uh, meetings. Uh, let's start off with Sydney then. So what, um, what, what can you tell us about how the track played by the look of the data just in the slow range? Which is really good, Ralphie, that we uh, have a, a positive scenario. Hopefully, it just doesn't get any worse anymore for them, and it's just good for racing in general. But from a profiling point of view, we had a number of races that were above benchmarks, so there was plenty of solid speeds, and they were typically races 4, 5, and 10. And it's good. Distances were mixed, anywhere between 1,100 metres and 1,800 number of other races, obviously, were all below benchmark. Overall, for the day, when I sort of weigh it all up, I felt the track played pretty even, pretty much from all the way to the 800, around two and a half lengths below the standard. 600 was also very similar, Ralphie. And the big sign is you still know when, you know, deep underground that things are wet is when you get that home straight, and particularly around the turn, when that's still well below benchmark, but consistent, 1.9 lengths below benchmark to the 400, and virtually very similar, give give or take 0.2 over the last 200 metres. Well, I was going to start from deeper in the card, but uh, the two-year-old uh, Troach led throughout. It was specced in the market, 15s into 11s, and by the look of the data, it actually was a quite impressive performance and probably an, another example, sorry, an example we are going to get a fair bit of that, some of these horses, they got unknown form because so many of their starts have been on bottomless ground. Yes, and this is always the challenge, isn't it, on how we're going to deal with that and what does that mean when they start getting on dry ground, particularly like in this situation when you look at that young two-year-old filly going 2.7 lengths below benchmark to, you know, for that first 300 metres and then actually having to slow another three lengths. It's never a positive particularly when you're young and you're in a sprint race and then you've got to kick back down. And really, all the impact was between the 6 and the 400, you know, negotiating that turn, getting into your run lane and then finishing off. And I love the, the way it finished off the last 200 metres with a, an above benchmark profile, knowing that the ground did have given it. Excellent. Excellent. Yep. Well, Oprah Ridge you had on top. I mean, you said low confidence race was a learning race for you, but look, it found a little bit of trouble inside and it smashed the line as well. So maybe there's a bit of depth to this race. Yeah, well, this is another one. Probably didn't slow down quite as much as the winner, Ralphie, yep. and that enabled it to have that you know slightly bigger kick over the last 200 metres. But, yes, another very promising horse and will definitely appreciate more ground because what was very obvious with that runner just didn't have that tactical speed early. Uh, elusive jewel, uh, you, you gave a big rap to. Now it's won the race, but uh, not not much on the clock there. But on the on the race speed profiles uh, with elusive jewel, um, she's racing well, unsuited by the race shape last start. She has an excellent wet track indicator of eleven point four. So where the better for her? Brenton Abdullah is a positive rider engagement. She demands consideration there, and it's got the money. But uh, as I said, there's, there's not a lot on the clock to uh, to really stamp. But rock hard fit uh, is always a good starting point if you've got wet ground. Yeah, and again, I, I felt that. 
the, the race shape didn't really work well for the horse either. Having to slow again significantly between the eight and the 400 metres can't be a positive sign, but the big plus was just absolutely loves the wet ground. And, you know, good horses when they can be in form, and this horse has been in reasonable form without getting the golden race shape, but this time was able to get victory and still didn't get the perfect uh, race shape. But I have to say, when these scenarios happen, they do conserve energy, Ralphie, and sometimes that allows them to continue in their campaign. So maybe we've still got a potential PB in front of this horse for the prep. Well, what one I wants to get a bit excited about uh, was Shades of Rose. Um, unbeaten its first prep when it went three three uh, three starts. Uh, started off the saddle shift <laughs> shifted uh, two weeks back. Um, it was it was caught wide throughout. Um, you thought it was well found early, but in the end, the market just cavalried. <laughs> just did, they wanted to stop back here when the gates opened, and it smashed them. So obviously, the market, the the uh, the stable support there was huge. The Beyond Baker team, uh, they they don't mind having a, having a bit of a bet, and they were never in doubt what to do on the clock. Yeah, and I loved it in the end, Ralphie. One point three above, solid. That went half length up on that Bathurst run. Really, this was from last campaign. Very good sign. Also, I like the fact that it was uh, in excess of two lengths, better performance in the first up run, which gives the indication there's still more to come. I guess the signal was there with James McDonald being on board. That sort of, you can understand that if they were keen and it was in the right shape that they wouldn't want to keep backing it. And it was realistically, it did what it had to do to win, knowing that there's still got to be more there coming. Well, dear me, so you, you look at the uh, at the data and uh, without even using the benchmark, you're just using the daily rankings, just the 48th best last 200 of the day. So that showed you that that was early high pressure in that wet ground. Yes, very high. Overall, last 800, top 10 as well. That sort of gives you that insight. They use a lot of fuel between the 800 and 600 as well, Ralphie. Yeah, so that that, uh, that that can only be of assistance going forward. Um, Pizarro was a horse. We, we put a bit of a stamp on on the uh, Sizzlers uh, a couple of starts back, and it uh, it um, it went on with it. Its first up run was was uh, on bottomless ground, but then last start was uh, was what caught our eye. Yeah, and and here it is in good form without you know winning. Shea Camp obviously. Continues to get a number of their horses like on point. You can just have that feeling that he's sort of coming as a stable back to, well, he hasn't probably quite got there, but you can just see that building, that he's one that we've really got to watch, particularly over hopefully the spring carnival where he might be able to present a number of horses that we can have great opportunities. But this is a horse that really no work through the first two sections, 7.9 lengths below benchmark first section, only improved the speed by like one and a half lengths between the eight and the four. And that was enough to get victory because it was getting down to the last 400 metres and just had the strongest kick down because there was just so much energy in reserve. And I felt this horse was just like, that was just like half a run for it. And we're nowhere near the top of this horse. Lovely. More to come. Wicklow, uh, two starts back. This is what we wrote in Sizzlers. Very strong second up win of such a long layout for 336 days for this import in his second local prep. There should be more to come. Minus 6.7 at the 800, minus 0.9 in the mid-race, then plus 3.8 last 400. However, patiently and brilliantly ridden by Bowman, he was only clear at the 200 
That in isolation was 3.2, so a very strong close. This match is best from May 21 when that Newcastle started his campaign, but then won twice over 1,800. So he had a miss there at Grafton, but he uh, came to play. But look at this race shape. He still hasn't had a run. Well, this is it, isn't it? He's gone 13.7 lengths below benchmark through that first section. A couple of lengths quicker than the last start, so that's the plus. The mid-race move, I felt this was the deciding factor. This horse was able to get through that mid-race at probably half the speed that it did the start before and still was way too strong over the last 400. And you could just see that progressive improvement in speed. Four of the two improved about three-quarters of a length and pretty much improved another three-quarters of a length to the finish line. And you can be very confident this is another horse that's still on the upward trend. All right, so in, in the eighth race, I'll, I'll give you a, 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 um, an either-or situation. You're allowed to own one for the Spring Carnival. Would you rather have the winner cross-talk or the third horse, Gold Trip? Well, it's interesting about Gold Trip. I, I was very keen to have a real close look at it. I didn't really like its action in running. It looked a little bit heavy to me, just the way it was sort of rolling. If you look at it from one angle, you'd say the horse didn't have the cleanest of runs as well, and that may have impacted its momentum, particularly when you're fresh and you're first up and you're probably carrying a little bit of excess. But then when you look at it from the head on, I felt that it wasn't anywhere near as deadly in terms of the impact. And it was more I was getting down to have a look at the action. And this could be two things, Ralphie. Number one, the conditioning of the horse where it is fitness-wise, and also it got through the wet ground, but maybe as the ground gets drier, it could be better. My reservation for me, I was hoping for a bit more, really, because yep. this was not, a, in my view, a very good field, and when I know that I've pinned a horse in excess of plus four from overseas, I know I have high expectations but, oh, you know, like 8.9 lengths below benchmark, it's a completely non-winning position, isn't it? So I, I don't want to be too negative on it. I'd like to see it again to see whether we're going to have a horse that's going to be able to stand up to where it should go. And to answer your question, absolutely. I, you know, I love the way Crosstalk ran, but I don't expect it to be in the same class. Right, that, that's the question. So on the clock, it's it's a modest um, performance, uh, yep. but, it, but it's above benchmark, and it's it's done it leading throughout. And probably, I suppose, what we have to factor in for, as you said, the the, the worst going was in the back straight. It was, and it looked like uh, you know, if you put the blanket over, you sort of think, oh, was this a bit of a waller move? I mean, it was beautiful mid race squeeze. Yeah, like nice high exertion, eight point seven, got into the top ten for the day. That, that's going to help bring a horse on. Just just curious to see, I don't know if there's been anything written about it, you know, because they had the glue on shoes and what's that actually mean about their hoof and so on. But the beauty is they've got it here. They've obviously got plans. Let's see. Sorry, and I was more referring to the, to the winner uh, uh, leading throughout in, in that softer ground. So yep. what, what's your uh, what's your upside projection for the winner in crosstalk? Okay, for, from, from a crosstalk perspective, the way I'm looking at it here, Ralph, is that first section – horse used a lot of fuel compared to its previous three runs. This, in, in fact, would have, even though it's won two of its three runs for the prep, this actually would have brought the horse on significantly. And you could see the weakening coming pretty much from that point on. It wasn't a slowdown in the mid-race. It was really just the fatigue starting to come in. Probably didn't quite look that way on 
on the visuals because the others had to make up so much ground. Probably made the optics look a little bit uh, not... How, how do I put it? Probably just made Crosstalk look a little bit better than what it really was. Now, the thing is, 0.7 above, how much more does this horse have? We know this horse loves wet ground, so we don't know what's going to happen when this horse gets on a dry ground. Could it just dramatically improve, or does it go backwards? It's a bit of learning to come for both those yep. horses by the sound yep. of it. Uh, easy single. We put a stamp on it the 11th of June, resumed with the best of the day performance, Flemington, but only 0.4, minus 0.4 after plus 1.4 first section, a very tied minus 4.2 last 100. This was a total inverse of speed, minus 5.6 at the 800, minus 4.2 in the mid-race before out in the best lanes going plus 4.2 last 400, best last 800 of the day, second best last 400 and 200, showed the sustained close. Importantly, going back from wide, he showed he's now got an ability to relax early. That gives us confidence there's more to come. Well, he ended up on bottomless ground. But on uh, Saturday, he won in a terrific visual race. Uh, Vince, three-way finish and a protest there that was upheld, third versus second, as James McDonald was trying to squeeze his way through. What the data tell us there? Yeah, very interesting, wasn't it? Performance-wise, I look at the early speed, 2.7 lengths below benchmark, not quite as fast as a couple of the other races in terms of an 1,100 more uh, point of view first section, but still good. Easy single from that perspective, going 5.2 lengths below benchmark. Pretty much in line with what it did two starts back, which is very good over 1,000 metres. The mid-race move, I felt this was one of the, the pluses for the horse in the sense that didn't have to use a, a tremendous amount of energy between the eight and the 400 metres and really only had to hold its line over the last 400 to end up being extremely effective. Now, competition-wise, of course... It was a dramatic sort of finish to the line over the last few hundred metres. To me, Enchanted Heart, I mean, 9.4 lengths below benchmark first section. Yeah, if you sit back and say, well, what the hell were you doing going that speed, right? That's super, super slow, right? And ex especially when you know, like if you look at this horse's previous two runs, benchmark at Eagle Farm 1300, minus 4.2, at the Eagle Farm, 1,400 metres, and now we're going another, virtually another five lengths slower. Why? You know, what, what, what's happened? Did the horse, was the mare feeling the effects of coming back to Sydney and just didn't have that speed early? But the overall last 800 metres and 600 metres was sensational, and probably this is the, You'd like to think this is the horse going to have big upside. Well, it didn't really come up in the spring. So, uh, but what we do know is that uh, her best from uh, when she won that listed race at Gosford that was that was quite solid, and she's probably yep. trending to at least that. Yeah, beautiful. I, I, I really felt that this was uh, very positive. We have no uh, we have no corporate bookmaker support. We're independent with corporate bookmaker ad free, and we do this because we have got fa fantastic members. Uh, each and every uh, Sunday, we send an email to our members, uh, ask them if uh, if they'd like to be uh, involved in the show, and ask you a question, Vince. We've got a couple here. Well, I better I better bracket this one. Uh, one's from Robert. 
Ralph, when I was on my knees late the day, I saw I had a black book comment saying how Vince thought extremely lucky was a group horse. Chuck some on. What a run. What to do on the clock late. And from Ashley, uh, just wondering what Vince's thoughts were on the return of extremely lucky. If he's had a chance to run the clock over Adelaide yet, I know he had a good opinion of him last prep. It looked like a great concern, return considering the stable indicated pre-race. He was underdone coming into Sunday's race. So, Vince, you haven't had a chance to clock South Australia yet. But what we'll do, um, when, when you do have that chance, I'll write it up and I'll send it to our members because uh, it was a sensational-looking win. And last prep, uh, well, what happened was you, you had actually made the top five of the South Australian performances, even though it won just a, uh, a non-stakes race because, of course, you don't uh, you don't put anything on your um, on your uh, ratings. If, if you run better a time in a maiden than a group race you'll 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 give it that stamp well as you know ralphie why would you want to have sectional times and get it all convoluted with uh, class tables and that and then why would you want the sectional times in you just want <laughs> them to be on their own merit and see you know if we can actually create an art from it i mean isn't that what really the skill's all about Absolutely right. So, like I said, we'll break that down, and uh, all our members will get will get that uh, sent to them. And if you're, uh, and here's one I will do. If you want to see exactly what he did do in that uh, in that South Australian run, he made the top five. Uh, I will. If you sign up as a Group One member via my website, racetrackralphie.com.au, click through the links um, on the new website there of uh, to become a member. I will. If you're a Group One member and you sign up, I will send you best top five from South Australia, top five from Queensland. Really good documents going forward. Uh, Alistair also asked Wicklow at, at Rose Hill when he won first up at Long Odds. He was impressed yesterday. Too short for me, but I'd be interested in how he rates with Vince. Well, we've already covered that, Alistair, but appreciate your question there. Mooney Valley, we returned to Mooney Valley. Vince, my, my feeling was that it's ended up playing like a new track, and that was it... Um, Obviously, there was some wind on the day that would have affected different sections of the race. It looked like it's uh, it was officially a soft six. Probably played. If you look at the horses who won, that they, they had to really be able to handle uh, heavy ground, with the exception, obviously, those early two year old races. What are your thoughts? Yeah, well, they did have to handle the the wet ground for sure. What was really interesting, the biggest impact was around near that four hundred meter mark. It was like savage in comparison to the rest genuine further two lengths uh, variation but all sections were below benchmark and overall i'd have to say we we were dead set in that slow six range maybe seven yeah and so like, like what i'll do for an example what i'm saying is that farrago we know he loves wet tracks um and he, he was just a master class of craig williams by the way but he was dominant what type of wet track indicator did he bring back what race was that in, Ralph? Figaro in race five. The winner race there. five. Okay, so here we go. Twelve point six. Just <laughs> so huge that's <swimmer>. monster. <laughs> yeah, Warnable and May type of stuff. So yeah, and you can see the sorry, Ralph. You can yeah. see the rules. Fourteen point two. But then when you look at the the next runner, there it is. Seventeen point one, and just progressively getting worse. You know now where you're entering into that genuine slow ground, and you know heading towards heavy. So not a lot of highlights we can take from the meeting, but what I'll ask you about in the last race, uh, just to give an example of uh, what type of wet track we had. So what's that we really loved back in January? What are a rock hard deck and it ran super time, even with, with savage adjustments down, allowing for the fast summer track. And that was Invincible Jet in the last race. It's hung on for second. Old Kalashati star, turns 12 today, happy birthday Kalashati star, ran third. And I thought, how are you able to rattle home and run third? How tired were they in that last last race there? Yeah, well, there it is. Firstly, they went 
virtually benchmark first section and then the slowing began Ralphie because that was so much energy used through that first 400 meters pretty much if firstly if we look at the lead speed benchmark by the time they got up to the 400 meters between the eight and the four that speed had dropped five lengths and then over the last 400 dropped another 10 lengths this is how much the impact was so so Invincible Jets run second round in, in a 1,200-meter race, has run the 69th best last 200 of the day, the 61st best last 600 manages to hang on for second. That's how tired they were in a 1,200 race. So uh, crazy stuff. Very crazy. And, and sorry, and one, one other one just for a bit of interest because there's just no data to talk about it here as far as uh, quality of performance. But, um, it, it, you know, it was you wanted to be off the fence, you wanted to be back, et cetera, et cetera. And then Craig Williams goes forward on Lakeen. Did he ever do it in race eight, or was he just another case of, of via the data, explain just how brilliantly this jockey can judge speed? Yeah, too smart, Ralphie. 8.4 lengths below benchmark first section. And then you have a look at the move between the eight and the 400. He's increased his pace only by two lengths. And now, mind you, when you're increasing your speed by two lengths, a lot's got to do with what's that first section. Now, going at 8.4, you know that you're pretty much in cruise mode. So only improved by two lengths. You're still travelling 6.3 lengths below benchmark between the eight and the four. And all the horse did, really, when you look at the last 400 metres, it's improved the speed by another 1.3. Still overall five lengths below benchmark, but got victory. And I felt that the winning move really was that kick down between the six to the four to the four to the two when he's made that move. That won him the race. Well, good luck, Chief Alderney, trying to catch him. What, what was he? What, what was he asked to do there? The favourite in that race. Yeah, well, I thought that was crazy. There it is. Imagine going almost sixteen lengths below benchmark through the first section and trying to spot the lead pack in excess of six lengths and thinking that you can win. You use a tremendous amount of energy between the eight and the four hundred, like this horse did. You know, twelve point three length mid race squeeze. It's pretty significant. Obviously, there was going to be something left over the last 400 metres as well because of all that conserving of energy. And this is when you know, Ralphie, when you virtually go benchmark last 200 metres, it's not a clap hands thing. And it might be for some people because they might say, oh, I love the way it finished. But what this tells you, this is a misjudgment of energy. Yes. That's what it is. You could have gone three lengths faster. Might have, you might have actually won a race. You don't know. You better off finding out. Yep. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Uh, as, as I said, it's a new racing season now. We can't wait. The preview podcast will be coming back soon because the good horses are coming back soon. They're at the trials, Vince. I know you're clocking both jump outs now in Victoria. Yes. As well as the other trials. And uh, we're starting to see some fast horses, which I know get, gets you even more excited, even though you're always excited year round. Yeah, no, I, I, I love it. And hopefully we'll... We'll see some brand new talent. I'm looking forward to getting those figures today on the performance from Adelaide. Yeah, something to look forward to there. Like I said, our members will get it. Thanks to all of Vince Cardi's work via daily sectionals. Mine via Racejack Ralphie. Appreciate you tuning in to Year Round Carnival.